This morning we're talking about a man by the name of Peter. You remember him? Let, let me just read a passage of scripture for you from Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 20. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, you should have your Bibles. I need to talk, I need to talk about that sometime soon. Um, but, but we find these words in Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Going back up to verse... Uh, 18, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. I've always found this passage interesting. I think about Peter. Sometimes, I, unfortunately, I think that I identify with Peter. As you follow Peter through the Gospels, we sometimes think of him as somewhat of a stumbling, bumbling kind of guy, a guy who means well and has a lot of energy, but he has a tendency to kind of, uh, despite his good intentions at various points, he tends to kind of mess things up, right? But in this moment that we see in this passage this morning, here's this one moment where, where Peter gets the right answer. And Jesus says something really astonishing. Jesus changes his name, or we could say, if you will, by addition, gives him a name that on one hand might almost seem like a joke given Peter's uh, track record, right? It's kind of like when you call a, a bald guy curly, right? <laughs> and, and, it's, and so... Jesus says, yes, you're Peter, but from now on, you're going to be Cephas. You're going to be, you're going to be, your new name is The Rock. And uh, despite his wobbly knees and his, his reticent behavior and despite his, 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 um, his misgivings, uh, Jesus calls him, he says, you are The Rock. And he says, not only that, on this rock, on the rock of your confession, I'm going to build my church. And he says to Peter, he says, and I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. So what you bind on, on earth will be bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so, you know, so when, I, when I look at Peter, I, I can kind of relate to Peter in this regard because there are, are things that I had sensed in various points in my life that, that God was saying to me about me and about what I was, what I was the me that I was called to be. And uh, it's as though God had given me uh, an alternative name, if you will, not just Charles, the guy from Carson, if you know Carson, the guy from Centerview. Uh, <laughs> you know about the view? Uh, not that hood, not just Charles that went to Gardena High, not Charles that grew up in a couple churches in L.A., not just Charles, the guy that kind of plays, plays okay, right? But, but, but uh, God had given me an alternate name, but... A name like Charles, a man of faith and faithfulness. Charles, a mighty warrior in spirit. Charles, a courageous leader. Charles, a, a, a responsible and dedicated husband and father, right? 
Those, that I, I didn't necessarily go, always see myself as that, but God, I, 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 there are times in my life when I realized God was saying, this is who you are. This is who Jesus is. This is who I'm calling you, right? But there were times when I, when I felt as though I wasn't living up to those new monikers. There were times when I felt I wasn't living up to those things, and I wondered sometimes if I would ever really become what God had, what God had said I was supposed to be. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Would I become the courageous leader that, that, I, that, I, that I felt Jesus had called me, though I felt often fearful on the inside? Would I become a man of faith when, when I sometimes struggle with doubts and uncertainty and, and insecurities? Would I, would I really be someone that God could use to touch the lives of others when sometimes it seems that my life needed to be touched one more time? I mean, can you relate? And with regard to all of us, I think we maybe can relate to this in the sense that maybe when you became a Christian, it was hard for you to wear your new name of forgiven. You knew that's what Jesus had called you. He says, you're no longer sinner. Now you're, 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 you're forgiven. You're saint. You know, you, some of us really have a hard time wearing the name holy. And I always tell you guys need to debunk that word. It's not a bad word. It's not a religious word. It's the most wonderful word in Scripture. It talks about the fact that God is set apart. God is God all by himself, and he sets us apart as his own and calls us holy. It doesn't mean that you're stodgy and religious and, and, and a fuddy-duddy. It means that you're blessed. But I, and God, Jesus called me holy, but sometimes I, I said, wow, I, I felt it, it was hard for me to wear that name. Jesus called me righteous, but it was hard for me to wear that name. And so as I was reading this text, Jesus' renaming of Peter reminds me of something that I think applies to every one of us. And that it's by the grace of God and by Christ's sacrificial death on the cross, by those things, Jesus has made similar pronouncements over us. So God has done something. And through Jesus, he's given us not just a new name, but new names. Names like, you know, he, he says, you're not just Joe, but you're child of God. You're, you're not just Mary, but you are a branch of the true vine. You're not just, just Margaret, but you're, you know, I'm avoiding names that are in the room this morning. <laughs> now, if there's a Joe or Mary or Margaret, please forgive me. But, but you're not just a Margaret, but you're, you're a friend of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you slaves because a slave doesn't know what his master's doing, but I've called you friends because I've revealed to you everything I heard from the Father. Y- your name is Jesus has called you justified and redeemed. Jesus has, has said that has called you crucified with Christ. And your old name, your old life is dead. Your name is dead. And in a biblical sense, that's a good thing because you have died to trespasses and sins. You've died to your old life. You have risen anew. Your name is no longer slave. I know some of you want to do like the artist formerly known as Prince and did he have slave on his face? But your name is not slave. Your name is what? Free. As a child of God, your name is, 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 is heir and joint heir with Christ. Your name is accepted, accepted by God in Christ. Your name, get this, your name is saint. Your new name is saint. And some of you, you certainly don't like, because you think that a saint must be somebody special in the church who did a miracle and then died. And somebody said that there are saints and there are ain'ts. But let me tell you something. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. You are a saint. That's your name. In Christ Jesus, we ha- we, we, our name is wisdom. Our name is righteousness. Our name is sanctification, redemption. 
Your name is wise. Your name is set apart. Your name is chosen. Your name is redeemed. Your name is victorious. Thanks be to God, the Bible says, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Your name is blameless. Your name is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Your name is alive in Christ. So you and I, as God's people, were chosen, holy, blameless before God. Ephesians 1, 4, for he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and unblemished in his sight in love. Oh, your, 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 your name is, your, you, you may not know it and you may not be living like it, but your name is bold. Your name is peace. You may be, might be distraught on the inside this morning in your mind, but your name is peace. Your name, you might be a little short of cash this morning, but your name is amply supplied because by God shall supply all of your need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You might feel a little empty sometimes, but your name is filled because you've been filled with all the fullness of God in Christ Jesus, who's the head over every ruler and authority. Do you know that the, the, the name that Christ calls me that I like the most, I, and he calls you this name as well, and that is beloved. Because the bottom line is this. Even when you feel like your name is unloved, even when you feel like you're somebody's redheaded stepchild, if you will, understand this, that you are beloved by God in Christ, you are beloved. So, that's what God has done, and that's how God has, has, has re, Jesus has renamed us. But with regard to each one of us, with regard to you, when you lost your temper, right? When that news story about the latest disease pandemic pops up on your phone, when you let somebody down who was depending on you, when you came face to face with your shortcomings and, and, and failures, which we tend to, what you tend to do is you lean into your old name because they called you hothead, right? They called you scurred, coward, sissy, loser, unreliable, irresponsible, sinner. And often because we're not living up to our new identity in Christ, in the moment, the enemy will seek to convince you that you're really just the old you. All those old names apply to you, and the new names really don't stick. And so why even try? Why fight it? Just go with it. You know who you are, and you know you can't change, right? No. Hear me this morning. You must never capitulate. You must never succumb to the lies of the enemy. You must never quit. You must never stop trying. Because you know what? Let me tell you this this morning, and listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter what your mama named you. Uh, you know what? It doesn't matter what the kids on the playground called you. It doesn't matter what your ex, hello somebody, calls you. It doesn't matter what your enemies or your friends call you. What they say to your face, what they say behind your back, doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters in your life is what Jesus says about you, what he calls you. And the one who holds the name that is above every name, he's the one who calls the shots. And you are what he says you are. You are who he says you are. And you have what he says you have. And you are becoming what you are destined in Christ to become. But I had trouble at certain points in my life. Understanding something and, 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 and get, feeling, figuring this out. And it helped me years ago when I came to understand the difference between positional and experiential. The difference between the, the, the positional and the experiential. I grew up in, 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 in 
some people would call it a sanctified church. There's no Christian church that's not sanctified. But tell, tell somebody that they ever say that. It's like they talk about, well, he's a born-again Christian. Well, is there any other kind of Christian? <laughs> what did Jesus say? You, you might be born again. He said, you must be. Well, I grew up in a real hyper-Pentecostal, sanctified setting, and, and, uh, and I heard a lot of talk about sanctification and holiness, and people would get up and testify on Sunday nights in the testimony service. They didn't let you all up on Sunday mornings in my church, but on Sunday nights, it was, it was, it was open mic night. They would, sisters would stand, they'd say, belt out a song. That's why I learned, you learn to play in a lot of different keys. Because uh, they, they belt out a song and uh, start singing. And, uh, and they'd get up and say, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm great, grateful to giving honor to God. I'm glad, glad to be, I'm grateful that I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that with a mighty burning fire. Pray my strength in the Lord that I fail him not in this last and evil day. That was a very common testimony. You, bro, you, bro, Walter, you know. And it, a whole lot of people had the same testimony, essentially, right? But but I, at some point in my upbringing, I, I, some of that stuff to me it, it implied a degree of perfection. And some of the people that I grew up around were pretty exemplary and really were kind of living out what they were talking about. There wasn't much lying going on in there, but it just was, seemed to me to be such a high bar. And so sometimes I was confused because I said, wow, I, I, am I sanctified? Can I be sanctified? Can I be that good? But then I began to understand that, that these spiritual realities occur in two dimensions. And so I began to understand the positional uh, aspect of these things, where I stand in, 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 based upon what God has done for me in Christ and based upon what he accomplished on the cross and what he's pronounced uh, me to be. That's the positional. And I am that no matter how I behave, although in another, in another sense, how I behave sh- tends to reflect where I am, but sometimes we don't live up to what we are. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a member of the Williams family, and my, thankfully my parents never disowned me while they were here, and I remained a Williams till, uh, to, the, to this moment. And, 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 and uh, my wife, I, did, I managed to change her name. Uh, and, uh, but you know what? She's still, uh, she's still a Weatherall at heart. Because that's her dad, and that's her family, that's her blood, that's, you know, and, and, and so that's who she is, and then, you know, uh, uh, that's the positional. So what you are in God, based upon what Christ has done, you are there. So when, when the Word says that, you know, we have been sanctified, we've been sanctified, and we're being sanctified. We, we've been made holy by the blood of Christ, and we're being made holy. And that's the experiential. So the experiential was the degree to which that positional reality is being worked out or lived out or walked out in my everyday experience. Are you with me? And there tends to be a little bit of a lag between the two, if you will. Sometimes more than, than, than a little. But the goal is that we align our experience with our position. Our possession with our confession, so to speak. And so the goal is that, that because we have been sanctified, we begin to live in a way that reflects that sanctification because we have been made holy by the blood of Christ. We actually do begin to live in a way that reflects the holiness of God. Because of those things, we realize who we are and we begin to walk them out and we become more and more of that in our daily and personal experience. But in the process... I found out that I, I sometimes there was a gap, and sometimes I, I could doubt. I remember when I was growing up, people, there was such a fickle understanding of, of, of salvation among some people that people would think because they made one mistake, all that they were saved and not saved, saved and not saved. And in the, in the old days, they used to have, and it's funny because you'd have a revival meeting in the church, and everybody in the church that you went to church with, they would all get saved over and over again. 
And I realized, no, you've been tripping. You've been struggling. It doesn't mean that you got unsaved. It means that you just need to, you need to, you need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as Peter says. So in the process, I found out that what I needed to do was lean into the word of God and to hold fast to what God says about me and who he says I was even when I fall short in my experience. Even when in that moment I don't look like it, even though I'm not acting like what Jesus has named me and called me to be. Simon, the rock, if you will, wasn't quite as buff as Dwayne Johnson. But he illustrates this. When Jesus dubs him the rock, he doesn't instantly morph into some sort of spiritual superhero. Right? We just observed Jesus saying to him, uh, Peter, you know, you got the, that's the right answer. Door number three or whatever. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm calling, from now I'm calling you the rock. And, and on this rock I'll build, you, you are the rock. You are, you, you know, and and, and just on the heels of that, right after that, Jesus said, oh, by the way, uh, the Son of Man is going to have to be crucified and die. And so, uh, and, and, and there, Peter, the rock, right there, a few moments later, says, oh, no way that's going to happen. We can't let that happen because we don't believe in death. Because that's not the kind of Messiah we're looking for. And Jesus has to say to him, Satan, get behind me. Now, Jesus isn't calling Peter Satan. But Jesus is calling out Satan working through his words. But Peter, in that moment, is, is right on the heels of being called the rock, being given a name that, that di- dictates and, and describes his destiny. In that moment, he turns right around and shows us the old Simon. Simon says, uh, we've got to have it our way. You see, there's no, there's, no, there's no superhero moment here. No phone booth. No splitting of the shirt and green skin. No spider webs coming out the fingers. No bat cave, right? it's a process and it didn't look like anything much had happened what do you think the matter is so I mean Peter still snored with all the other brothers at Gethsemane he still denied the Lord three times he was still fearful like everybody else was after the crucifixion and so I had to realize something that yes I would fail I had to realize that it is really possible, however, that I can, that I might behave in a manner and live in a manner and experience in a manner indicative of my old idea as opposed to my new name. But I had to realize this, that despite my momentary lapses and occasional setbacks, setbacks, despite how far it seemed I might have to go at any point in time, the one thing that I had to do was hold fast to my identity in Christ and never forget what Jesus had called me. So like Peter, I had to rely on the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit to remind me of who I am in Christ and rely on him to work in me that, uh, to make that new name a reality in my walked out, lived out, everyday existence. And for Peter, it was on the day of Pentecost that the lights went on and the rock who had been also nicknamed coward, betrayer, doubter, and whatever, all of a sudden stands up and preaches the gospel and thousands of people come to faith. Thousands of people give their lives to Jesus in that one moment. And that rock becomes the leader of the, of the church in Jerusalem. He becomes the, the, the leader of this new thing called the way, this new thing called the church. 
And still Peter did not become perfect because guess what? A little later on in the New Testament, we see where there's a point where Paul said, oh, by the way, there's a time when I had to withstand Peter to the faith. I had to call Peter out because he was hanging out with the Gentiles and being phony and hypocritical about it. And I called him on it because the rock was still human and the rock was still growing. And until you leave this body, until you leave this earth, you'll still be growing. You'll still be, you'll still be evolving. You'll still be, you'll still be in, in a process. But he had experienced a transformation. He had begun to live out that name, Rock. So maybe your name was fearful. Maybe your name was discouraged. Maybe your name was uncertain. Maybe your name was anxious, fretful, stressed, tired. Maybe your name was just plain mad. But may the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, the blessed Holy Spirit, the comforter, the teacher, one that leads and guides us, he who leads and guides us into all truth. May the Holy Spirit enable us this morning to embrace the names that Jesus has called us. And I thought about this song as I was working through this message. I just remember this chorus. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. You get it? So when I'm weak, my name is not weak. I'm, I might be weak, but my name is strong. I, 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 in the moment, my, I, I, I might, I, I, there might be some, I got some dust in my pockets here. There might be no, no money in my wallet, but my name is rich in God because of what Christ has done for me. And I may have lost that battle, but I will not lose the war because I'm not a loser. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I, I may have lost my temper, but my, my name is not angry. You know how people label, oh, he got an anger problem. And maybe you do. But that ain't my name. If I lose my temper, and believe me, I drive up and down to 405. It's, it's a hard deal, folks. But if I lose my temper, my name is not angry. My name is peace because he is my peace. And I have peace with God and I have the peace of God. And because, because of that, God will make me into, he's making me into a peacemaker, not another angry middle-aged, that's, that, that's optimistic, right? Man, right? <laughs> I, I may be worried about my kids. I may be worried about, I, I'm a little concerned about the state of the climate, uh, you know, and the climate change. I, I've got some concerns about the direction of our country. But, but my name is not worrier. My name is trusting, not Tristan, but trusting, because I will trust God through every turn, everything that life has to bring. And here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to get in your Bible like never before. I want you to find those pronouncements. I want you to lay claim to the promises of God in the Word of God, and I want you to walk in the newness of life. And instead of allowing our experience to shape our perception, allow your new name or names in Christ to shape your experience as you, as you aspire to become in practice and in your character all that Jesus has said that you are in him. If you, like Peter, are a disciple of Jesus, you have a new identity. In Acts, in Acts 11, I'm just about done, Acts 11, 26, the, the disciples were, amen, five dollars to you. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. The name Christians means Christ-like, or one person said Christ ones. And so we're, we are the Christ ones. We are the Jesus people, if you will. And that name as Christian, being a Christian, being a Christ follower, being a, a Christ one, being a, a, a Christ, a, a, being a little Jesus, if you will, that, that name should lift us up 
to be who we are, and he calls us to be what we're not yet. But here's the deal, and I close with this. God is faithful. Philippians 1.6 says this, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. He will complete it. He will perform it. It's a done deal. You just stay in the word. You keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, and wear those names boldly and proudly that Jesus has spoken over you. You got it? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless you this morning. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Most of all, we thank you that for all the, the, the new names that you've pronounced over us, what you call us, and you, we, you call us your friend, you call us holy, righteous, uh, and so many things in Scripture. Just as there's so many names for Jesus, so many names for God, there are a whole lot of names for us as believers in Christ. And let us, Lord, today, by the power of the Spirit, embrace that, those new names. And let us put it all in perspective and realize that even when we're not living up to what Jesus has called us, we are yet what he has called us and who he says we are. Lord, this morning, we are who we are because of Jesus, because of what we celebrate as we commemorate the death of Jesus on the cross. And we take a moment, we go back to that moment and realize it was at the cross that, that everything changed for us. And so, Lord, this morning, as we come before this table, we surrender our lives to you. We thank you for the new names that we have and for the, ultimately the new na- name that, 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 that we will have. But, Lord, we, we just thank you for the identity we have in Christ. May this word sink into our heart and may it, may it make a difference in our lives as we embrace your truth and your, your word. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you. And everyone said, amen. amen.